Oh, good morning, church. It's good to be in God's house this morning, isn't it? And it's actually below 100 degrees. And while we are here meeting, the Cardinals are playing. How dare they? Let me ask you a question. And uh, even, even if maybe the thought of uh, thinking about this would, would be embarrassing, how many of you would say that at times um, you make decisions that when you look back on them, you are thinking, what on earth was I thinking? If, if, you've, if that's you, let me see your hand. Put, put them up high. Let me see. I, that's, that's pretty good. What, what amazes me is that some of you will sit here in church and not raise your hand and therefore lie. We, we, I'm, I'm sure we can all relate. I mean, we've, we've made decisions that we look back on. Boy, I know I can. And, and, and my very thought process was, what was I thinking? Our, our series is, what are you thinking? We're looking at the battle that goes on in the mind. And I've said this for years, what, what we're thinking. What we are thinking determines what we feel, which determines what we do. The Apostle Paul, just like you and I, became a follower of Christ, and that began in his life a very process of learning to control his thinking. And we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that, but see, Paul got to the place where he, he had, for the most part, really achieved this in his life. And it just becomes so clear. But we know in our lives, you know, we're, we're thinking, we make a decision that we're going to eat healthy and we're going we're gonna to become healthier. And when we go through a process of, of several days or even a week and we're eating healthy, and then you get here to church and, 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 and you're on the dream team and you're serving, so what do we have for you? We have donuts. Some of you didn't know that. When you're serving here on Sundays, you're a part of our dream team and we have donuts for you. So that ought to motivate some of you to join the the dream team and start serving. But you're thinking you're going to eat healthy, and then you get to church, and what do we do? We give you donuts. And, 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 you know, or or you're, maybe you're at a a place in life, and you're thinking, you know what? We are just, we're going to get out of debt. And, And you get back on your budget, and you're following Dave Ramsey, and you're going through this, and all of a sudden your car breaks down, and something breaks on it, and and you have that fixed, and you get so bummed out that you actually go shopping and buy shoes or something that you really don't even need. And not only do you buy a pair of shoes, but you buy two pair of shoes, and you really don't even need them. And we, we tend to make decisions like that. And the, or some of us, sometimes I can, I can relate to this. You, you come to a place, and you recognize, and, and, and you realize that you really need to go say, I'm sorry to somebody for whatever reason. You, you recognize that, and yet we don't do it. Early on in following Christ, Paul says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I end up doing. He, he, he recognized this battle in his life. And in this series, what are you thinking? That's what we're looking at, church. We're looking at the life of the Apostle Paul and Paul recognizing the battlefield of our minds and that we will win 
or we will lose the battle in any given area, but we first have to conquer it in our mind because when you change your thinking, you change your life. It's a reality. Paul won this battle. And I think as we, the more we look at Scripture, we'll see that. See, our brain is always working. God created us and designed us with this brain that is constantly programming itself. Every time you and I think a thought, that actually makes it easier to think that thought again. We're creating these neural pathways that make it easier to think that thought again. And that's great if you're thinking good thoughts, but if you're thinking bad thoughts, it's not a good thing. The reality is, you know, I, I can look back in, in really preparing with this series and, and looking, at the, looking at the Apostle Paul. It, it, it makes me pause and look back even at some of the decisions that I have made. And what I clearly recognize is some of the decisions that I've made that I really wished I had made different decisions. My life in that area was following through with the very thought process that I was thinking. And if I was believing a lie or believing something that wasn't true or following a path that really was not laid out in God's Word, that led me to the place where I would make a wrong decision in any given area. God, in your life and in my life, He's, he's working in our lives. We repeat patterns. We recognize things. One of the things that, that, that I'm doing now is when we, when we travel around, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, it's, it's, we like to buy souvenirs from places because they remind us of the place. And, and, and my, my brother-in-law and I actually have latched on to this very simple thing that actually saves us money because we, we just know what we're going to do. We, we buy a coffee mug. I've, I'm, I'm in the process now where I buy a coffee. It has to be one I like. It can't be some tacky, touristy thing. But it, it's, it's got to be a coffee mug from places. That we, we, took, we took our families together, and we went to Breckenridge, Colorado, and, and the, the, everybody went, and I didn't ski, but I just relaxed. Everybody went skiing, and so I have my mug from Breckenridge, Colorado. And, and there are other mugs. That we, we went to Disney, and, I, and I, I when, when the Cars deal came out, and, and, I, and I took the ride. How many of you have ridden? on Cars Land and, and took in that. Yeah, it's, I just loved it. I, I have the cup. I bought the cup because I want to remember that experience. And, and there are other times, you know, we, we, we just recently did the Iceland's Parkway, so I got the mug. We went to Montana, so I got the mug. So when, in the morning when I get up and I, and I grab my cup, of co- grab cup to make my coffee, I, I just grab, and every time I see those mugs, I'm reminded of those places that we went to together as a family, and we visited. God has created our minds to remember things, and, 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 and taking advantage of that, Paul took advantage of it. Last week, we looked at 2 Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3, all the way through 5, and, and I'll squeeze it down to really, Paul said, we have God's power in our lives. We have His power at work in our lives to demolish strongholds. Things that have 
that have taken control of our lives, things that have taken areas in our lives and moved them in the direction that really are not God's design. And for some of us in those different areas of life, those areas control us. And Paul says, we have his divine power to demolish those strongholds. In other words, we crush them. We destroy them. We remove their ability to have control in our lives. He goes on, he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. If we're thinking about a subject and it says one thing and we begin to read God's words and God's word says, wait a minute, that isn't true, this is true then what we do is we let go of the lie and we embrace the truth and we are in this process that Paul's talking about, about renewing our mind. He says we take captive every thought, not just some areas in our lives, not just some ideas, every single thought, the Apostle Paul says, we take captive every thought, and we make it obedient to Christ. We're creating new pathways of truth, and the more we do that, the easier it is to do that. The more we follow Christ, the easier it is to follow Christ. The closer we follow him as we walk with him, the easier it becomes. Paul gives this real, we are, God is renewing our minds because the way we think determines the way we feel, which determines what we do. The word I want to look at today is meditate. Meditate. Meditate simply means to focus. Paul fought this battle and Paul won this battle. And Paul, there's a passage I want to look at here. Paul writes to the church in Philippi. We have it in our Bible. It's called the book of Philippians. And Paul is writing this to the church in Philippi. Paul, here's the deal, guys. Paul wanted to go to Philippi. He wanted to be with the church in Philippi. But Paul was stuck in a Roman prison. He was, he was in a horrible situation. He wanted to preach in Philippi. He wanted to share this whole truth, all, all his whole writings. He wanted to share it in person. But he was stuck. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting because in your life and in my life, we can be in a place where we think it's the worst spot to be. We're thinking, why on earth am I here? You know what came out of the, the fact that Paul was in, in prison in Philippi? What came out of it was Paul was able to write down everything he wanted to share with that church in a letter, and he sent it to them. And God took advantage of Paul's misfortune and his time in jail to not only get that letter and get the communication to Philippi, everything that he wanted that church to hear, God took that opportunity to not just to deliver it to the church in Philippi, but to deliver it to every follower of Christ who reads his word from that day till today and will be here until Jesus comes back. So God took a horrible situation for Paul and used it so far beyond what Paul could have ever imagined. 
And he writes this from jail, and Paul's in prison in jail. And he's writing to the church in Philippi, and you know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say, church, I wanted to be there with you guys. I am so bummed. Would you guys pray for me? Things are really bad here. I'm in jail. I'm hurting. God, where are Paul didn't say any of that. He, he didn't even go in that direction because Paul had been through this process of God changing his thinking. So Paul writes in Philippians, that we have the passage this morning I want to look at, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab your notes. And right there where it says Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, underneath that in parentheses, just write verses 4 through 8. And then next to that, write the word memorize. And, and just put that in parentheses in you, because church, we, we need to memorize those four verses. We, we need to commit them to our memory. We, we, need, we need to meditate on them and focus on them. And if we meditate on them and focus them, we will memorize them. And if we memorize them, we will be able to meditate on them and focus on them. And they will be a, a part of our very thought process. Paul opens that, that passage up with rejoice in the Lord. He says, again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious for anything, he says, but in all things let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard not just your mind, but your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's what it says in verse 1 through 7. And then we pick it up here in verse 8. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, why the heck does he write that? Because Paul knows what many of us know. When we become followers of Christ, we become children of God. When we become children of God, we be, we're a part of his family that's who we are, church. We are a part of his family. Your natural family and my natural family will over time break down because family members die and family members get divorced and families split apart. And over the course of time, our natural families will just break down. Time will do that. But our spiritual family will never break down. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and we will end up in eternity together forever because God is building a family. And so Paul says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing after he's given them all that instruction, he says, one final thing, fix your thoughts. He's talking about the mind. Paul not only tells us the what, but he gives us the why. He says, here's how you do this. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Don't believe the lies. Fix your thoughts on things that you know are true. Our culture, there is so much being put out there that is not true. Paul says, don't go down those paths. Stick to 
what is true and what is honorable and what is right and what is pure and lovely and admirable. Guys, is there clarity here? Is, is Paul giving us clarity here? Think about things that are excellent. <laughs> how, much, how much time do we spend in things that are not excellent? Excellent and worthy of praise. Paul, he gives us the recipe for renewing our mind. Last week I shared this with you because your life and my life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Our thinking and our, our thinking controls our life. Your life and my life, it's moving in a direction and it's moving in the direction that we are focusing our thoughts on. And if you can't control what you think, you will never be able to control what you do. Paul understood this. Boy, he got this. And he focused himself, and he focused on changing his thinking. I want to talk about this for just a few minutes. You know, uh, for a while, uh, Karen and I were working out in a gym, and she still is. I'm not. Uh, I love the Lord, but I'm, I'm not in the gym. And so one of the things that I recognized in the gym is that one of the things you have to do if you're going to get healthy is you have to exercise. You, you have got to exercise. And so that, that's half of the process, but I, I could exercise forever, but, but if I didn't watch what I put into my body... It, it would, exercise wouldn't even matter if I was following the patterns that I was following. So I learned that I have to change what I eat, and, and, and we're, we're actually pretty good at that. And so, uh, so uh, there's, there's this whole reality with our physical body. You have to exercise, and then you have to watch what you eat what you eat, what you take in. And it's the same with our mind. Not only do we exercise our mind and use our minds, but we have to be careful what we put into our minds because that can change the whole parameters. And Paul says, you have got to train your mind. One of the things that I noticed when I was exercising, I'm active now, but I'm just not going to the gym. Uh, not an excuse. And so I, one of the things that I, that I recognized is my cardiologist says it's got to be 35 minutes at least three times a week. And so I remember when I started out, it was like, oh, there's no way I'm doing 35 minutes. So I, yeah, so I did 20, 25 minutes or whatever. And I figured, well, I'll, I'll just build it right up and, and I'll do it. And I, but, but after I was doing it, there were times that, that, that I'd get in there, get on that treadmill machine and the incline and all the other nonsense that I'd had to do. And so it's 35 minutes on this thing. And, and, and I'm thinking... Today, there is just no way I'm doing 30. I'll be lucky if I do 20, 25 minutes. There's just no way that I can do it. You know what I recognized? My body was trying to tell my mind how much it could do. 
But when I made up my mind, which I did, I am not doing less than 35 minutes. Everything inside of me was saying there isn't a chance on earth that you're going to make it to 35 minutes. But I decided I was going to do 35 minutes. And you know what happened? I did 35 minutes. And I got to 35 minutes, and it really wasn't all that big a deal. But my mind, in control of my body, is one thing. And that's, this is what Paul's talking about. If you, if you don't win the battle in the mind, you're going to lose the battle. Meditation. The, re- the, the definition for meditation, let, let's put this in your notes. To engage in mental exercise or to focus one's thought. Meditating is focusing. It's simply focusing your thoughts. With the New Age movement and Eastern meditation, what you do is you, you simply empty out your mind. You, you get everything out of your mind so that there's nothing to think. You, you head to nothingness. Well, this is the opposite. You're, you're in, in meditation with God's word, is you are putting things in your mind, which will automatically move some other things out of your mind. Because the more you think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought again. And this is the very process that the Apostle Paul went through with his mind. Meditation, focusing your thoughts. Look what Psalm 119 says. The writer of Psalm says, I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. I focus on your precepts, your ideas, your thoughts, and I consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. God, the things that you say, I recognize that you're the creator of the universe. You created me. You know how everything works with me and everything else. So I'm going to listen to what you say. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. I, I recognize that, that you put this together so that we could benefit from it. And you protected it for thousands of years so we would live in the benefit of your knowledge in our lives. And then in Psalms, the writer of Psalms says this, I meditate on your works, and I consider what your hands have done. God, the things that you have done, I recognize them. It's, it's like the, the writer is saying, I, I, I think about what you've done. I, I recognize your handiwork. I think about your goodness. I think about your presence. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time. It's just who he is about his presence. Paul says, think about these things. And he gives us such clear instruction. Whatever is pure, whatever is good, whatever is honorable, think about these things. 
See, focusing is a skill. You and I just spent weeks in a series where we talked about sharpening the axe. We talked about developing skills. Meditation is focus. Focus is a skill. It's a skill that you and I can learn. It is the very process that transformed the mind of the Apostle Paul who wrote more than half of the New Testament for you and for me. Because he went through this process of God taking him where he came to him and transforming his mind to what it was near the end of his life. One of the things that I know about focus is if our mind is not focused on truth in a fallen and a broken world, if our mind is not focused on truth, it will drift towards the lies. In the culture that we live in, it it will be pressured towards the lies if we are not focused on the truth. One of the things that that changes our lives, and I, I see it in my life, and you know, and, and I, I I look at where I am with the subject, and I, I just wish that I was further along than I am. But in my time with God, I, I, I notice that that if I set set some time aside and I and I begin to pray, I'm it's like I'm an ADD prayer. I, it's like my focus is gone so fast. I mean, I'll start praying about something, and I'm thinking about the bumper on my truck or something. You know, it's like, it's, it's no lie. It's just like that. My, my thought process is so shattered. And one of the things that works for me is I, I find that the times that I set aside for, for prayer, whether it's in the morning or it's in the evening, or, I, I find that if I will take a little bit of time in his word and spend time in God's word before I pray, it totally changes my ability to spend time with him in prayer. And when I'm reading God's word, here's my pattern, guys, and I I would suggest this. Go through a book at a time. Pick pick one of the gospels out and go through that. Go through Mark. Go through Luke. go go, go, Go through a book at a time and read a little bit each day or however much you want to read, but do it a book at a time. And listen, that's not hard. There are actually some books in the New Testament that are two and three pages long, so you can pull this off no matter where you are. It's, it's not a difficult thing to do. But if I'll spend time, if I'll spend five, ten minutes in God's Word, I can then spend five or ten minutes and actually stay focused. And you know what else I find? When I'm praying for things for other people, I can stay focused so much more. When I make it about me, I lose interest. This very process of Paul, God changing his thinking, meditating on truth, just focusing on what is true, and my mind will not wander. You see, God gave us this brain, this mind. He gave it to us. He created this computer to run us. Knowing that we were going to be living in a a fallen and a broken world, knowing that we would need this very process of transforming our mind 
because our mind wanders and it tends to wander in the wrong direction. We so easily will think, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm sitting here in church and probably most of these people are more spiritual than I am. I'm, I'm just not good enough. I, I, God, I, 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 for me, I, I start to pray and, I, and my mind is drifting. And, and I'm thinking, well, how, how, I, I can't even talk to God. Or we're thinking, I, I never, I'll just never measure up. I'll, I'll never be able to make it. I'm always going to be overweight. We're always going to live in debt. We're always going to have a car payment. Every relationship that, that I have turns into a mess. And Paul says, no. We take captive every and we make it obedient to what we think or we make it obedient to what the world around us thinks or, or, or we, make it no, we make it obedient to Christ, he says. If we're going to go by something, let's go by the best. And science tells us we're, we're creating neural pathways in our mind. And the Bible tells us the same thing. God's truth is renewing our mind. And it's a very process he's taking us through. Winning the battle in your mind is not believing the lies, but recognizing God's truth and embracing them and believing them. And you know what, guys? This is not something that, that happens and bam, I got this. It's a process. It's two steps forward and one step back. How many of us know that as, as, as we're learning, we can mess up more than you could imagine, but, but, but sooner or later, there are breakthroughs. Sooner or later, we're at the next level. Sooner or later, we find that, that we've actually come closer in our walk with Christ. And we take a glance over our shoulder and we recognize where we were two years ago and we go, wow, that is God's grace at work in our lives. There are some Sundays where I just want to step up here, honestly, and I want to say, okay, church, what'd you do with last week's message? What'd you do with it? Did it even, do you even remember what it was? Do I even remember what it was? And I preached it. This morning, I actually want to go back to the same two questions I asked last week. And if you were here, you took notes and you have them. The first question is, what stronghold is holding you back? What is the biggest thing in your life that's holding you back? And you know that it's not God's best for you. What, in other words, what lie are you believing? What stronghold has got your thinking captive? Are you, do you lack confidence? Are you posting pictures of you through filters on social media of what you might or wish you looked like six years ago? Is self-esteem the issue? Or I'm never going to get out of debt. 
Or are you always fearful? You're, all, you're always worried. Are you struggling with your, you feel like you're never going to conquer the weight issue in your life? What stronghold is holding you back? And you'll notice last week and this week, I left a blank line there. Write it in there. If you don't name it, you can't conquer it. Figure it out. And it, it probably is already as clear as can be. Write it in there. Because the second question is, what truth in God's word demolishes that stronghold? What is the truth that God has in his word? Do you lack confidence? Well, I, my confidence is in Christ. It's not in me anyway. And if my confidence is in Christ, there's nothing that can harm me. Because he's the creator of the universe. There's nothing he doesn't control and nothing he doesn't know. And he created me and there's nothing about my body or my life or anything on the planet that he doesn't already know. So my confidence is in him. We're never going to get out of debt. If you've been to Financial Peace University, if you haven't, you need to take it. And in Financial Peace University, you'll find out that the way to get out of debt is to snowball your debt. And those of you who've been through it, like I have, you know that it works. You simply follow the process, and you do it, and you will get out of debt. It doesn't even matter what the numbers are. And when we're doing that, we're believing truth, and we're not believing a lie. Are you struggling with fear? Are you struggling with anxiety? Paul, in this passage of Scripture, he says, be anxious for nothing but in all things with prayer and thanksgiving. In other words, ask God and be grateful for what, for what you have. And the peace of God, will, will, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I'll, I'll never lose, lose a pound a week. What truth demolishes the stronghold? See, truths like God is for me. He's my provider. He's my provider. My boss isn't my provider. I, I, I need to be as diligent as I can. As a matter of fact, on my job, I need to work as if it is unto the Lord, the Scripture says. But God is my provider, and he's living inside of me. I'm no longer a hostage to what my life was before. I'm a new create. When we become followers of Christ, we are, the Bible says, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And when we get baptized, it's symbolic of that. It, it's showing, it's telling the world around us, I'm, I'm, I'm not, that old me, gone. It's not me anymore. Now I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And not only am I not hostage, God is going to use me to bless other people because that's what he does. Because of Christ, I'm not anxious about it. I'm not, I'm not anxious about anything anymore. Guys, I've shared in the past with, with our church family, there, there was a time in my life that, that I was debilitated by fear. Some of you are afraid I'm going to fall off the stage, right? I was debilitated by fear. Fear held me captive. And the truth of God's word is what delivered me from fear. And it has never been an issue since. 
And God takes our weaknesses, turns them into strengths. He takes, he takes things like fear and he turns it into faith. And over time, he builds on it and builds on it and builds on it. And what he does in our lives is he creates trophies of his grace. And he shows them off and he uses them. Because of Christ, my family is closer to me. Because of Christ, my faith is deeper. Because of Christ, our church is stronger. Because of Christ, we are blessed beyond measure. See, your life and my life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. In other words, Paul says the battle is in the mind. And you win the battle in the mind. And Paul gives us a very clear pathway. He gives us scripture and we follow that and we end up with Paul. And he says, we demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. What does he say? I haven't given you the spirit of fear. I've given you a sound mind. He says, you are chosen. You're my child. You're called. You're my masterpiece. These are the things that God says about you and me, his children. God is for you. He's not against you. He will always be with you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, nothing can separate your, you from my love. Nothing. There's nothing you could ever do that could separate you from my love. This is what the creator of the universe says about you and I when Paul writes, dear brothers and sisters, we are in his family. That's who we are. We are his children. He cares that much about us. And we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Why don't you stand with me? I want to sing a song together. We're going to celebrate his grace at work in our lives because that is who God is. And God is in this process of taking you and I right where we are. And he, we're going through this process that he went through with the Apostle Paul. And he's changing our thinking from where we came to him to what he wants us to be. Let's worship him together.